The Natural Hat Trick, hosted by Luke Lipinski and Craig Morgan. Welcome to episode 190 of the Natural Hat Trick podcast alongside Craig Morgan. The Natty Hattie. And Jamie Eisner. Who turned his mic back on? I'd see yeah, well, let, me, let me fix that. Go ahead, Craig. Let's say something. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I will. Craig knows how to It was work. all Luke. Um, it was all Luke. We, we all know it was all Luke. Jamie even blamed him after the show. Jamie blames me for everything. That's he didn't true. even know the mic cut out. Doesn't mean it's point. not true. There's there's a couple possibilities. Okay. Either Craig bumped it and it's his fault, or I did change it and it's Matt's fault because him being here threw me off because there was four lights. Uh, that's so a great point, way, Luke. It's not mine or Jamie's fault, although Jamie's it's, presence makes it's it It's literally fault. not my fault. Like, there's there's no way it could possibly be my fault, which I think is the most important thing. Matt which, Lehman is working on the story for Arizona Sports. He'll post later today. This, this particular mm-hmm. conspiracy? Yes. All right. Where do we want to start? Western Conference? Cool. Let's begin with something I like to call... The Minnesota Wild? The playoff picture. <laughs> no. We, uh, we did this show last week, and it was every team in the playoff race kept winning every game. And now since then, pretty much the exact opposite. I mean, Allowing other teams to try and climb back into the race. Teams that are not in the race, despite Luke's additions to the show notes today. No, so, the Chicago Blackhawks are not in the playoff race. And neither are the, Ed- and neither are the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> Edmonton, hello. Stop. They're tied. Stop. Yes, yes, and they're both tied for not being in the playoff race. But they're only five points back of Minnesota. Who does not look very We're good? We're running out of time. We this is not a 200 game enough season. Enough games for them to make up five points. Not no. Edmonton. That was a not joke. that many teams. They're not jumping that many teams. It's just Colorado, Arizona, Minnesota. <laughs> okay, it's so not now, can I, you know, I, you, I want to channel. Should Dave. we make a friendly, like can I a friendly little invest for a moment here? Sure. Oh boy, please oh, don't. Luke, you're so naive. Okay, so we're we're cutting Chicago and Edmonton. That's the line. Is Do you want to make a, fr- a friendly little coffee wager? That neither of those teams make the playoffs. Luke has to buy you can, the you can have either all one all summer. You can have any team below Colorado. No, no, no. Ed, Ed, look, Edmonton's a waste of. It would only be Chicago because they are scoring like five goals a game and they have their goalie back. And you did say they were in. They're going to make it before the show started. So, are you willing to bet an entire summer's worth of coffee on that? No, but okay. I will bring coffee next week. Okay, Ooh. just to prove how. I just think Chicago is still. No, no. In I it. want to know what you're trying to prove. I just think Chicago is still very much in this. I could absolutely see it being Chicago and Arizona that get in until they lose six one at Toronto tomorrow. Well, that would hurt things. Hmm. Uh, let's let's start at the top though with the teams we know for sure are in. Are we counting St. Louis as definitively in at this point? They're not that far ahead of these other teams. I think it would be really hard for them to. Miss yeah, I'm not sure they're going to be top three, but they're going to make the playoffs. Okay, so. Let's go through these uh, these top teams in each division. He's wearing a Yankee sweatshirt today, by the way. No more Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, maybe he has a Philadelphia Eagles shirt underneath. Could. That's Could. true. Yeah, I'm protesting yeah, the Deshaun Jackson trade. From a while ago? <laughs> no, from yesterday. Deshaun Jackson was back on the Eagles? You, you weren't on Twitter yesterday, were you? I was, it was a big day in the NFL yesterday. I was watching the Coyotes and oh. reveling in the uh, signing yeah, of Terrell He's back on the Eagles now. T-Sizzle. Oh, look at that. Who's on the Cardinals now? Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I know that. Wow. Oh. Hamilton High School product. I feel like Pierre Maguire. Do you know he played at Hamilton High School? Where would he go to junior high? you know he was a running back? Somebody had mentioned that once or twice. Uh, Let's go through and find the flaws in the best teams in the West. Okay. Because it's fun to poke holes in other people's happiness. Okay. Winnipeg. This is the team I haven't figured out. Have you guys figured out what's wrong with this team? Uh, Their flaws are they can't win a road game. 
relative to the top why? teams. Why? Uh, which I don't know why. But th- there's no obvious flaw. Like, they have strong defense. Their goaltending has been excellent for the most part. Not always, but for the most part. They have high-end scoring. They have depth in their scoring. But they also have these runs where they just kind of look mediocre for extended periods of time. And we talked about that on the show two weeks ago. But I, I don't... I can't like put my finger on exactly what is wrong. They'd be in third Relative. place in every other division. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that we should point out. I mean, that's sort of the uh, the whole Minnesota, Minnesota. Did we should Minnesota? Minnesota. I think Minnesota point this out. Not a bad name. We need to figure out how to work that because <laughs> they're they're Minnesota in the playoffs every yeah, year. Yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota good. Out. Uh, the whole sort of bad. The whole point of doing this is to try and figure out who's going to come out of the West. I mean, Winnipeg was my pick at the start of the year, so I mean, I guess I have to stick with them. Something does seem a little bit off. I don't know if they're just coasting. Or- I, don't, I don't know what uh, Tampa. I mean, with, with the other teams, not Tampa, uh, Nashville. With Nashville, I still feel like it's that offensive pop that they they didn't get Artemi Panarin. They're, they're just missing something. It yeah. feels like they're missing something all year. Yeah. Like I, I'm just so. It's a very similar team to last year's, but I kind of there's right. blah. Feel Calgary, blah. I worry about the goaltending. Oh, yeah. I want to say something about oh, Nashville. Okay, all right. oh, Jumping on Nashville, Luke. whatever. They're Speed just words. missing something. They're just like blah. I don't know. Something like that. They really Nashville's okay. not coming out of the West. I, I can't see it. They they really are just. I, do you know what's happening in the West? I mean, is it San Jose? Are we are we all on board with San Jose now, thinking that that's the team that's going to emerge? They're they're playing the best hockey, and that's a team I think a lot of us looked at after they got Eric Carlson and thought this is the team. Although I think you guys were still on the Winnipeg bandwagon at that time. I, 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 I mean, I've maintained all season. It's I San Jose kinda, and Winnipeg in the West. Yeah, like I, I might stick with Winnipeg just because I picked them in the preseason. But gun to my head, I'd pick San Jose to come out of the West right now. I think they they have the least amount of holes, especially when Carlson comes back. Yeah, they're doing this without Carlson right now. What, how do you feel about Blake Wheeler's eighty three points in sixty eight games? Fantastic. Want to talk about that article about? Yeah, his contract? Do, what do you think about that? And he was saying it's gonna it's it's an article it, it, it it's an article in where was it TSN? I, I think it was TSN talking about. You know, when his contract extension kicks in for what is it? The next five years, we got to open this up. You, you threw me off. You just jumping all around. Yeah. Today. Well, not okay. jumping all around. We're on Winnipeg. I'm okay. trying to organize things. Blake Wheeler is signed through the 2023-24 season. So and five so more years. Kicks in. It kicks in next season at 8.25 million. He is it's 32. Right 32 now. right now. And the thrust of the article was that this is actually going to be a good investment, even though he's this old. I don't know how you can say that. Yeah, I, I I would reword that a little bit and say this might not be a bad investment. I know that's semantics, but I mean I could see him still being a productive player at age thirty seven, certainly. So, but the, he's got he's well over a point per game this year. He is, but he's gonna be thirty three when this contract starts. So th- this is where the point that's made in the article, the comp that they make is Joe Thornton yeah. and his, pr- his productivity mm-hmm. and, and obviously one's the center, one's not, but similar styles in the way they pick up their points. I would, I would say this is a safer deal than for most players getting a five-year deal in their mid-thirties would be, just because we have seen so many years of production with the same guys, and his production is mostly passing-based and not scoring-based. And you imagine that goal scoring tends to be the thing that you lose some of that high-end game. He is a winger too, so he's not playing as tough a minutes as a center would play or a defenseman would play. But and he's your favorite player of all time, and you can yeah, just say no. it. Uh, I don't think the deal is unsafe, but I think it's optimistic to say we can look three, four, five years in the future and say that a 36, 37-year-old Blake Wheeler making eight and a quarter million dollars is not going to be prohibitive to Winnipeg at that point. But the reality is the window is now. 
yeah. and the next few years. And that would be the argument, right? Your window is now. His production is still going up each of these years. He's going to have a career year this year. And maybe in four years, $8.25 million a year doesn't seem like that much also with the cap going up. I mean, I guess that's the third argument for sure. it. And aside from injury, what is his floor like three or four years from now? What's the worst case scenario? What, he's a 50-point player? Yeah, I mean, especially on that. I don't know, man. Bodies break down. That's what I'm saying. It's possible, but yeah. I mean, but Shifley signed for that time, too. Shifley signed Shifley's only 25 deal. years old, though. Yeah, but I mean, I'm but just they saying do have those, chemistry. Two, yeah, those yeah, two will yeah. play together. Sure, sure. Shifley at 6.1 million for the next Yo, five years is probably the best contract in hockey, other yeah, he, than he, Nathan he, McKinnon. Yeah, he's replaced Duncan Keith. Yes, and they've all replaced Brent Seabrook. Oh, no, wait, that's mm-hmm. the other way. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That was almost Bad a contract. preemptive bell. Um, hey, yeah. that would be a good drop, wouldn't it? It would be. Yeah. What, bad contracts? Yeah. Or any drops, actually. I have that, actually. Any, I can, any, I can any, drop that. Any anyway. drop at all. But it would be a drop of you saying it. So True. We wouldn't know I if... did coin the phrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want like production with it, too? Or do you just want me to drop it in at yeah, all times? Yeah, fireworks you know, at this point, end. I'd be happy with simplicity, Luke. <laughs> all right. Uh, St. Louis, since let's stay in the Central before you guys race all around the league. Okay, but not across the Mississippi River for... My understanding, right? Uh, I don't We're know. We're talking about the about. Western Conference. We're not crossing the Mississippi River. That was all off the air. So now okay. you just sound so like a East St. Louis is out. Can I talk about that? East St. Louis is typically The Blackhawks are definitely out of the playoffs. Oh, uh, whatever. Uh, the Blues have been okay lately. I mean, they were great for three weeks. They've trailed off. As we record this, they have 79 points. They are five points ahead of Minnesota for the second wild card, six points ahead of Arizona. And Arizona plays them. Tonight, which that's the only reason I was saying maybe St. Louis isn't totally in. If Arizona were to win tonight, they'd be just four points up on the Coyotes even. That is how math works. I've figured out St. Louis's problem. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. These, these prompts are incredible. Right? <laughs> so you're not really teeing us up here. You know what this is like? This is like being a really good point guard on a team where you throw the guy the ball for the alley-oop and he just hits his head on the rim and the ball skitters. No, I feel, like we're, I feel like we're the Suns and we have no point guard. Uh, no, that's not how it works. The Suns beat the Warriors. They're unstoppable, haven't you heard? Mm. I don't. I. I. You know, they they had a couple easy wins. St. Louis did, and that helped them out. I, I thought that they were stumbling a little bit, but we'll we'll see where they are. They definitely don't look like the team that was on that insane run, but nobody's going to sustain that sort of success. I think they probably opened up enough daylight where they're going to be in the playoffs at this point. But could they fall to a wild card? Sure. The Coyotes really need to win that game tonight because yes. they were just abysmal in Chicago last night. That that was there's one it's one thing to lose a game it's another thing to look so lost in a loss that all of a sudden it, like the game itself only counts for a possible two points but all of a sudden your perception changes dramatically. St. Louis doesn't have Vladimir Tarasenko maybe for the rest of the regular season. Yeah. The the, the Coyotes defended so poorly last night. I don't know if you guys watched the game but I haven't seen them defend You don't know if I watched the game poorly. Well, you know, you can say it but you know, if you say you read my show notes and then you no, ask I questions about that. my show notes that should be obvious. Um, who wrote these notes? <laughs> like that. Yeah. I, I haven't seen them defend that poorly in a long time. I mean, that's That's been their bread and butter all season long. And, and look, Darcy Kemper's played really well. But when you watch the, the way the Coyotes defend, they do make it easier on their goaltenders. And they did not make it easy on them at all last no. night. The uh, Alex goligoski jacob Chikrin pairing last night, oof. It was bad. It was it was very bad. And I remember a point earlier this season where Rick Tockett was actually considering sitting Alex Goligoski, scratching him because he had been playing so poorly. I don't know if you can afford to do that with a veteran defenseman right now. You you just kind of hope that he realizes it and bounces back because the games mean so much now. But 
wow, he was out to lunch last night. Bad passes, bad defending. It's He just had a terrible game, and you, you can't have that from one of your veteran leaders at this point in the season. And Chikrin, I would argue, had played some of his best hockey in the seven or eight games leading up to that, really, of his career. I mean, he's finally healthy. He's going. Took an awkward uh, hit into the wall the other night, but bounced back up. But, uh, I mean, he was producing offense. He was playing really good defense, and then last night he was bad, too. The one thing I would say is Chicago, whether you think they're going to make the playoffs or not, if you make mistakes on defense, they will expose you and oh, embarrass God, yeah. you. And if you don't make did. them defend, right? And yeah. The Coyotes didn't have their forecheck going either. They just they couldn't sustain anything in the offensive zone. So the Blackhawks are moving out quickly. And with that skill and speed through the neutral zone, poof. Everything Rick Tockett said they needed to do on our pregame show, they did the exact opposite of yeah. it. Yeah. Did you watch the game after your pregame show? <laughs> that 1-0 lead was cool, yes. though. <laughs> that, was, that was really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I will say Christian Dvorak was about the only player last night that you didn't look at and shake your head. We were talking about this um, last week, how quickly they are asking these guys to step back in and produce, and yeah. he in particular has been outstanding. Not, it's, I mean, a three-game point streak, but he's going to the net, he's around the plays, winning faceoffs. It's remarkable. I think he's only played seven games. In a year. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, it's, yeah, it's not like he missed a week time. and then came back. Oh, 11 months he was out. Yeah, I mean, and to the point that Matt Matt made last week, I'll make fun of it, uh, in his article of that, we go again. his quote about, from Rick Tockett was, they don't have time. They don't have time to ease players back in. You're either going to be able to play a playoff-style hockey right away, or you have to mix it up and find the lineup they can. And some guys are stepping up and some guys aren't. But, boy, they can't afford too many performances like that last night. No. The guys they've brought back, though, are stepping up. I mean, Michael Grabner mm-hmm. had two goals in his second game back, another shorthanded goal. Craig's going to end up being right about pushing on two. He could go over. I mean, he could. And then you're wrong. Well, and, I, and I will rejoice. We had, a, we had a listener tweet about this. If you guys want to pretend to talk for a second, I can find something. Michael Grabner's an incredible story because if it, I don't know if you guys watched the interviews, but his, his right eye is still dilated, the pupil's still dilated. Not sure that's going to change. <laughs> I have a I have a story uh, moving on him tomorrow on Wednesday, just detailing what he's dealt with and what he's still dealing with. It's it's crazy. It's it's remarkable that he's still playing right now. To be yeah. honest, because it's it's he's not entirely clear right now. That was the thing when he came back. Now what is it? Three games ago. Yeah, I just remember going into the game thinking like. I'm happy for this guy on a personal level because that injury is so different than the other injuries, but also kind of nervous to see him play. And even in the first game, he almost scored, I think it was his second shift. I mean, he looked really good in the first game and the second game, obviously, when he had the two goals. Third game, I'm pretending never happened against Chicago. That's not on him. That's on everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Eldon wrote in, watching the game, I turned to my wife and said, with grabs back, I get excited to be on the penalty kill. 30 seconds later, he scores. Right. They are a much faster team, it feels like. Just collectively, they feel faster. Do you remember his first game back where he was within an eyelash twice of having breakaways? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what he does yeah. between the stick and the speed. It's crazy. And and when I talked to him before the game when he scored the shorthanded goal, I asked him about, you know, do you feel like you might be able to rekindle that chemistry you had with Brad Richardson? He said, well, at this point of the season, you know, you really all just settle for Stopping the other team from scoring, they're going to be tight games. We'll win two zero. Probably won't score those shorthanded goals. Then he goes out that night and scores a short nine and, and a half goal. minutes later. <laughs> I can't believe he lied to your face like that. <laughs> no, right? Friend of the show, Michael Grabner. I thought that's so. true. Michael we thought Grabner. So anyway, we had one of the first Coyotes Michael Grabner interviews when he signed over the summer. Uh, anything else in the Coyotes before I switch over to the Pacific, the rest of the Pacific Division? Did you watch Vegas Calgary the other night? I did not actually. It, it's a. It was a tough game to gauge because Flurry wasn't playing but 
that would be a great first-round playoff series. Mm-hmm. I'm actively rooting for that to happen now. Just on the Coyotes, uh, just with the injuries, uh, Derek Stepan, the hope is, and, and I think we knew this with the timeline when they said four to six weeks when he went out, they're hoping he'll be back by the start of April so he'll be able to play one, two, three games in the regular season. And, of course, they're hoping they're still meaningful games. As far as Nick Schmaltz and Antti Ranta, I spoke to John Chaika the other day about both of them. It, it doesn't look like either is coming back for the regular season. Maybe the playoffs. Uh, Schmaltz still looks like a long shot for the playoffs. Ranta is a, a more interesting situation because even if he is ready for the playoffs, what do you do? Yeah, When Darcy Kemper's been playing so well, it's not like you can just throw him back in there. You can't say, okay, it's 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 your net for the playoffs. No. No, but you don't know what you're going to get. That does kind of feel like, though, you allow four goals in game one and you allow a goal in the first five minutes of game two, and all of a sudden, Antivante is your goalie again. Like, we've seen this happen with other teams or like Pittsburgh all the time. Um, For the record, I hate. I hate. And it would be the situation the Coyotes are in, but I do hate that mentality of going into the playoffs not knowing who your goalie is. Although it worked for Washington last year and they won. And it worked for Pittsburgh, you're right, the years before. So it can be done, but those teams also had infinitely more high end skill. Remember when the Blackhawks were rotating between uh, Scott Darling and Corey Crawford? They also won a cup. Between Patrick Lalim. Did the Blackhawks win a cup? That was a while ago, wasn't it? Uh, Three. Ding, ding, ding. The bell is right there. Uh, one last point I want to make. I'm trying to you, draw the bell over here. One last point I want to make because you brought up Nick Schmaltz. I actually saw a very reasonable article written yesterday what? on NBC Sports on about the how the Strom Schmaltz trade was actually benefiting both teams. Well, we don't know yet on the Coyotes. It's not benefiting Schmaltz isn't playing. No, but the, but every article's been like, oh, the Coyotes got robbed. Yeah. No, I wrote about it yesterday, too, but thanks yeah. for reading mine, Jim. Nah. Appreciate it. You're right. You don't have a subscription, do you? I do, actually. Okay. You just don't read the Coyotes articles? Yeah, I just don't read your stuff. Okay. See, that's the way to do it. There it is. I signed uh, up for Pronman. The one thing I would say <laughs> <laughs> is um, a situation like, because I'm with you, Craig, like you can't, if even if Ronto was suddenly healthy... You wouldn't be able to play him over Kemper. But in a situation like this where they're playing a back-to-back, and I think they only have one more back-to-back this season. It's against New Jersey and the Islanders later in March. There would be no doubt. Kemper plays the first game, Ronta plays the second, or vice versa. Now it's kind of like, as we go into this game tonight, I think we're all expecting Kemper right back in there because you really the split now is like 95 to 5%. Whereas with Ronta, I think it would be like 65, 35. What is that split like next year, do you think? Let's, no. let's say Kemper finishes this year out the way he's been playing. You got a lot of things to weigh here. I mean, he's under contract for another year, and, and based on what they've dealt with with Antti Ranta the past two seasons, I'd be really leery of, if there's a market for Darcy Kemper because of what he's done, I'd be really leery still of trading him because of the situation you've been in the last two years. So I'd be surprised if they traded him, but what if they got a decent offer? Yeah, maybe you think about that because you have Aiden Hill waiting in the wings as well, but you still don't know what you have there. As far as the split between them, if they're both back here, my gut tells me Antti Ranta's still the starter if he's healthy because, look, Darcy Kemper's played well. When Antti Ranta was in goal, and you threw the stats up the other day, he was like top of the league elite. Yeah, and so he's that's, better. You know what his... You, you sort of know what both guys' ceilings are right now, don't you? And and while Darcy Kemper's been a, a really good starter for them, Antti Ranta's a game-changer when he's at the top of his game. So I still think he has to be the guy, but it does create an inter- interesting situation. Maybe you have less of a leash with Antti Ranta if he, he's not playing well over stretches where you're really comfortable going to Darcy Kemper. I don't know. And Ranta's the guy you paid, which, again, obviously plays a big factor in this. But as I mentioned on the show before, it's becoming a two-goaltender league now. Mm-hmm. It really is. And especially when you have a goaltender as good as Antti Ranta can be, 
he has an extensive injury history with the Coyotes now and massive injuries that have cost him significant periods of time. So it's almost a priority that you have a backup goaltender that you feel can get you 85, 90% of what you're getting from Monty Ranta because based on what they did this year, the expectations, whether they make the playoffs this year or not, the expectations for next season are that they make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. So that's a factor. Like I, I feel like if you... you if somebody blows you away with a top prospect for Darcy Kemper that gets desperate, then by all means, you then have to look at the long term future of your franchise. That, but, that's my question. What would be like a, an offer that blows you away? I don't want like a third round pick for no, Darcy no, Kemper. That does nothing. It's not I don't think they're interested in mid round picks anymore either. I mean, there's there's a as we talked about in the last podcast. There's a there's a value to having a lot of draft picks because it just increases your odds. Mm-hmm. But third round draft picks, by and large, do not pan out. So. Yes, I mean, somebody, somebody offers be, you a first-round pick, then or, okay. I mean, if it's but, a player that can help you, right? Yeah, but you wonder if a team that's going to be making a trade for that type of goal, goaltender would trade somebody off their main roster. So I feel like it's more likely you're getting a pick or a prospect. Depends if it's on. like a high-end prospect? Yeah. I, mean, I think there's something to what you guys are both saying. It's, it's like the, when the Eagles, Jamie should know this, with all his <laughs> Eagles shirts, when they won the Super Bowl now a year and a half ago, they come into the following season with two quarterbacks. You're almost... You're almost injury-proof at that position if you lose your first one. But let's say they both played all of next year. What, 12 goalies last year made 60 or more appearances? I mean, if you have Kemper and Ranta, are you looking at like a 50-30 split maybe? I think it's smarter. I think it's smarter with the wear and tear. I think the game is harder on goalies now because of the speed and the movements. I, I just don't think that it's as easy to play the kind of games that guys used to play. You can't, you're not going to see a guy play, a lot of guys play 65, 70 games. That's just not going to happen anymore. The game's, John too hard. Yeah, or the game's too hard. I, I just, the thing is, you can't count on health with Auntie Ranta. Like, that's just mm-hmm. the beginning and the end of the, of the conversation. Like, what, what is his career high in games played in a season? This was last year was 47. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't pencil him in for 50 next year. And even you if hope? you get to, even if Auntie Ranta's healthy, and you get to the trade deadline, and somebody's looking for a number one goalie. Do you feel comfortable moving him then? Not if you're in the playoff race. Yeah, because no. what if yeah. your goalie gets hurt then? No. It's nice to have Darcy Kemper. Yeah. He's under contract at a really reasonable price. I, I still, it's not the end of the world for a player like that when you're trying to make the playoffs to let walk for nothing. Right. If your best offers are third or third or fifth, and if your pipeline is yeah. as as it is, I mean, if Aiden Hill continues to develop, he might be ready after yeah. Darcy Kemper. That that was the plan. Yeah. Darcy Kemper's contract expires. Aiden Hill is ready to step in as your backup. I still think for a team like the Coyotes, you're looking for ways to separate yourself from other teams because you don't have a, a true number one center or two amazing centers like some of these playoff teams have. Or you're not loaded with high-end picks. So to me, the Coyotes can separate themselves by having two good goalies when a lot of teams only have one. I mean, there's some teams in the playoffs that don't even have one. Mm-hmm. Calgary. Yeah, and we'll get to them in a second. Or, you know, the Coyotes have that and the ability to kill penalties and score shorthanded goals. Those are the two things that separate them from 90% of the league in a good way. Let's get to Calgary. They have now dropped, and it's only a point, but they are in second in the Pacific. And even in games played now. They yeah. have games in hand on San Jose in a lead, so they... They just haven't play, been playing as well. They've righted the ship a little bit lately, but I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know how you go into the playoffs comfortable with that goaltending situation. Is that why you guys don't trust them? I yeah, just don't yeah, trust them in it. the playoffs. That's it right there. I mean, you've seen them play the Coyotes. The way they play, their their forwards are so quick. They put so much pressure on you, sustained pressure. They're a scary team. I I mean that if that team has solid goaltending, I really believe that they can make a run to the cup. 
They essentially do what the Blackhawks did to the Coyotes last night, where you just play so much in the opposing team's Mm -hmm. zone, which is what worries me. I know teams, I know every team can't do what Chicago and Calgary do, does do. But I mean, if you look at what they did to the Coyotes, why wouldn't you try and play the Coyotes like that? Why wouldn't you just try and just attack the whole time so the Coyotes can't attack? Well, I think that's what most teams are trying to do, right? Is get in on the forecheck, you know, get pucks deep behind the defenseman, hundred ten percent, stay in the forecheck, and yeah. But certain teams win the board battles. Do it. Win board battles. Yeah. How do you feel about Vegas then? Because they hadn't lost with Mark Stone until their last game. Well, before we get off Calgary, there. I mean, one of the biggest things is they have four point per game players essentially. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Goudreau, Monahan, Lindholm, and Kachuk. Like four. It's they. Yeah, when they came to town, they had five players with more than sixty. And defenseman with sixty-three points. So he's basically a point per game guy. Uh, Vegas with Mark Stone had won six in a row before they lost to Calgary the other night. It's possible one player makes that much of a difference. Usually, it takes a while for those guys to fit in. I don't know. Some well, or you get a boost, or I, I don't know. Well, let's let's wait. I, I I have questions about Vegas too. I, they just don't look like we said this all along. They just don't look like the same team. They don't have the same chemistry they had last season. They do have more talent though now. Arguably, yeah, yeah. I mean, you didn't have Stone or Pacioretty last year. You had James Neal before he apparently retired in Calgary without telling anybody. But look in the Western Conference. Like they were one of the five teams I listed in the show notes. Is I mean, when we're talking about teams that could possibly go all the way to the cup final or disappoint, they're one of those five teams, right? Winnipeg, yeah. Nashville, San Jose, Calgary, and Vegas. I don't know what's happening in the West. I still think it's San Jose, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if Vegas beat Calgary in a seven-game series. I think I'd pick them, but I'm not sure. Like I don't think they could beat the Sharks or if they end up being the Jets in the conference. Like I, I don't think they can beat all of those teams. I think Vegas-Calgary in the first round would be maybe the best series in the playoffs, although... Boston-Toronto. Yeah, we're ready no, to transition Boston, over to the East. Boston-Toronto would be. I don't, I don't know how much Canadian... All Maple Leafs fans are losing They are their absolutely losing minds. in the first round. It's, it's, it's great. Amazing. It, I mean, it, we had this debate a couple of years ago when, when they won the Austin Matthews sweepstakes, and I think it was Craig who said it's better for the NHL if Toronto is good. And I probably disagreed. I now disagree with myself in retrospect. It's not great for the NHL when Toronto starts winning cups every year, but until then, when they are good, just good enough to get their fans' hopes up, but also bad enough where they could, or not bad enough, but but like they could lose to Boston in the first round so, this year, and that city's going to go insane. Just just to get like take a temperature of, of Leafs fans, James Myrtle, uh, what does he write for, Craig? The Athletic. Uh, he did a poll, which That's obviously, creepy. if anybody knows, he primarily covers the Leafs. He covers a lot of things, but primarily the Leafs. He's pretty level-headed. Yes, but yes, but his followers are mostly Leafs fans. And thus, not. Who, and he just put out a poll uh, yesterday. Who would win a playoff series if the postseason started tomorrow, the Bruins or the Leafs? 68% picked the Bruins. And that's a skewed poll, right? Because it's mostly Leafs fans. And those fans. are mostly Leafs fans, which is the <laughs> point of this thing if Leafs fans are already preparing for actually a not improbable first-round exit. It's, it's, it's just amazing. They lose to Tampa Bay 6-2. They're getting booed off the ice at if intermissions. Tampa, it's, it's, also, by the way, if Tampa doesn't win the Cup this year with that team... Well, we've talked about yeah, that. We'll get to that God. in a minute. But They're boat but, racing teams. Again, Toronto... <sighs> What, what's the saying you used, Jamie? Non, Non-linear non progression? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's it. This is still a young team. And there's growth here. There's there's growth occurring before our eyes with the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's a whole lot of talent there. You have to give it time. And yes, it's been a really long time in Toronto. And I get all that. But these guys aren't to blame for it. 
And stop Tam- freaking out so much. I just they're going to be in contention for a while. A long, long time. I and love look, this the reality series. is is Tampa Bay is the best team in hockey. Yeah. In the same division. Boston was always going to be good. It was just a debate whether they would be you know, which way they would be, whether they'd be two or three in that division. They play in division with good teams. This is what happens, especially with this stupid playoff format. Yeah, this stupid playoff format that we have talked about for all three years we've done this podcast, uh, it, it is negatively impacting the Toronto Maple Leafs. So if it's ever going to change, it's going to be in the next year or two because it's negatively impacting Toronto. But until then, I mean, this is probably a first-round playoff series next year, too. I'm, I do love this matchup. And I, it's not like I don't think Toronto can win. In fact, if they were, if the playoffs are starting today, I might even pick Toronto to win this series. But Boston's in their heads, and as long yeah. as the Bruins are in their heads, it's just entertaining to sit back and watch. And and Boston, by the way, on the short list of teams that could win the Cup this year. That list may only be one team; it may only be Tampa. But the extended list is probably only what five or six teams now. Boston's on it. That's a good hockey team. Yes. I think maybe we underrated Boston earlier in the year just because we looked at the other two teams in the division and said, yeah, there's no way they're coming out. I still don't th- I just, I, Tampa Bay should roll. They are on track right now for 129 points. Yeah. 129 points. The record, of course, is the 76-77 Canadians with 132. They played two fewer games, so that matters, although I would argue the NHL is a much tougher league than it was back then. How cool would it be to see them do that? Just get... Heat up here and eclipse Montreal's points record. It would be cool. I think it would be cooler to see them win the cup because if they don't soon, it's going to go the other way. I mean, they're going to have cap issues coming up here. And it would be wrong if a team that's been this good for this many years doesn't win the cup. But they got close against Chicago at the start of all this. They actually, they were a goal away from beating Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference Finals without Stamkos for most of that series three years ago now. Um and then last year they just gave up when they were up 3-2 against Washington. They forgot. Yeah. And, and here you go now. Like You need to do it pretty much. You need to at least make the cup this year, don't you, if you're Tampa? They, no, they need to win the cup, period. There, there's, no, there's no other expectation for the Lightning yeah, than yeah. winning the Stanley Cup. You, you can't, can't just make it again. You can't have this kind of season and then... You need to win. Dan Rosen, did you see Dan Rosen's tweet the other day? Lightning needed 68 games to clinch a playoff berth, tying the 2008-9 Sharks for the second fastest to, to a check mark in the cap era. 2009-10 Capitals did it in 67 games. The Sharks and Caps lost in the first round in those seasons. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> the thing that works in Tampa Bay's favor is I don't know that they're going to play anybody in the first round that could take them out. Whereas if they were playing Boston or Toronto, I'd be a little worried. What if it were Pittsburgh? Matt Murray's playing better. He is playing better. I'm, I, I'm not picking any team in the in the NHL. To, I'm just to saying, if we're, if we're going to pick a team that could conceivably knock the Lightning out in the first round, who is it? Boston, I don't, and they want to play them. Well, no. real, I don't think there is Columbus or Montreal or Carolina, Carolina can do that. You think Carolina I think can do Car- it? I think Car- Carolina more than Pittsburgh. No, I don't think that anybody can do it. But I think all of these are five-game series, yeah, by the way. If, but at most. I would pick Carolina more than I would pick Pittsburgh, Columbus, Montreal, Philly. I'd still take the Penguins. And I do think this is where you have to get Tampa. For what you just read there, if a team is that great, you have to catch them when the playoffs are first starting, and maybe you get them down 3-2, and all of a sudden there's all this pressure. Or once, in Game 6, once they have a 3-2 lead. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, look the, the two tests is going to be the Boston versus the, the Boston Toronto winner. Yes. That has a lot of confidence and a lot of skill, and that's not going to be afraid of Tampa. And probably Washington in the Eastern Conference Finals. Washington is heating up. This, Washington yeah. is heating Washington up. They're going to win this yeah. division. Yeah, yeah. I called that last like month. Um, 
they God, are. I admire you. Thank you. That's all I wanted was was Craig's admiration. <laughs> That's another drop. We could Hi, hypothetically, to, you know, if if Tampa before we what, go to the other a drop, just, if Tampa and Toronto meet in round two, which team has more pressure? Toronto. <laughs> always the, the answer is always Toronto. Toronto has more pressure in that game against the Blackhawks tomorrow. I mean, they always just have so much pressure. Uh, is Washington? Did they just do what? Like the Spurs always used to do, and the Patriots, they just basically put it on cruise control for the first sixty games. Penguins, nobody, yeah, the Penguins the last couple of years, nobody in that division, right, ran away with when it. When the Islanders are leading the division, there is opportunity. Yeah, right. It's, it's like you're in a, a race. Is that and, a Bible verse? <laughs> <laughs> sounded like it. Actually. It kind it did, of sounded. did. There is opportunity. Uh, it's it's like a it's like a race where the guy in first place is pedaling a bicycle. Like the Capitals knew they would be able to catch the Islanders. Pittsburgh might catch the Islanders. If Columbus ever scored goals, they could catch the Islanders. But Columbus doesn't score goals. Columbus, Columbus has issues. Columbus doesn't do much of anything. Except go all in for the playoffs. Mm. They're probably still going to make it. Because Montreal's in Montreal, yeah. Montreal. Although Montreal gets Detroit next. And Detroit isn't trying anymore. Detroit is that team like in your fantasy football league where... And Craig probably doesn't get the reference I'm about to make here. And Jamie he loves fantasy likely. sports and mock drafts. Oh, yes. Wait, Jamie likely is This is listening. where I turn off my mic. <laughs> See, this is what happened last week. Uh, that's that team that in your fantasy football league that has quit setting their lineup mm-hmm. in like week 10. And so they just dramatically impact the playoff race the wrong way. That's It's a free win for anybody that plays Detroit at this They're point. trying hard to catch the Ottawa Senators. I don't think it's going to happen. Although, to be fair, though, Montreal gave up eight goals to Anaheim. Right. So anything is possible. Yeah, I watched that game. It so Montreal bad. will win that game. Montreal's going to beat them. So they could jump back into a playoff spot over Columbus here. But I, I don't think Carolina's missing the way they're playing. I don't think Pittsburgh's missing. So no. to me, it's between Columbus and Montreal and maybe the Philadelphia Flyers. Nah. Yeah, okay. So we're all over Only here. Only three points back now. Yeah, Only man. three points back. They have the seventh most points in the NHL since February 1st. They are playing really well. They'd be in a playoff spot right now in the West. I mean, they're not in the West. But they're not. No, they're not. Philadelphia's not West I thought we much. weren't talking about the Western Conference when it came to cities east of the Mississippi River, Luke. Okay. That was the plan. If they were in a different conference than the one they're in, okay. they would be in a playoff mm, spot right now. Nice and vague. Yeah. I'm just using this to illustrate how, how good they've been. And they're playing without Voracek here for a couple games, too. 26 points since February 1st. I don't, I, I don't think that's out of the question that they jump in there now, the way they're playing. Wait, how is it not out of the question that, that Philadelphia jumps in, but it is out of the question that Because it's three points Chicago. out of five, and, and I've watched the Blackhawks defend on most nights. Oh. You forget that I watch every Blackhawk game, so I'm riding the roller coaster with them. But Columbus is all in, haven't it's, you heard? It's, it's a crazy roller coaster, because somehow there are more downhills than uphills. I don't know how they've done that. Yeah, it, it really they built, defies, they built, they built it underground. Logic, so. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like they've lost that many games recently, Chicago, and yet they continue to drop in the standings. Um yeah, I'm not rolling Philadelphia out at all because Montreal, I don't think, is that good. And Columbus can't figure out how to put all their pieces together now. And that's an issue when you make big trades at the trade deadline, which is why you make big trades at the trade deadline when you already have a playoff spot secured and not when you're right on the bubble because it may cost you the first couple of weeks, and it is with them. They're getting nothing from Matthew Shane or Ryan Dezingle at all. No. Which is about what they'll get from them next year. <laughs> and Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah. Oh. Mm. There'll be a lottery though. team next year. Who's the number one pick in next year? And I uh, wonder where their GM will be. Yeah, where do you think their GM will be if they miss the playoffs? Will he lose his job over this? I don't think he loses it over this. 
I know, but I think the leash becomes he'll lose at the end of next year when they so finish. You go the all in, the, you the give yeah. up prospects, you miss the playoffs, and then your top asset also walks away. Arguably, your top two assets plus those guys that you gave up assets to acquire. They all leave in the off season. Yeah, you miss the playoffs, so you got no payoff for all of it, and now you're a lottery team, and the owner says. Good job. You're the guy to lead us into the future. That's your take on this, Luke? When you put it that way, I feel like you're leading the witness. Edmonton needs a GM. I feel like <laughs> I feel like um, Columbus will still have a decent roster and a lot of cap space. Now, I would agree with you. If you don't trust the guy, don't let Yarmo uh, Kekalainen be the guy who uses that money and, and uses up that cap space. But I, I don't... Is the scenario you're laying out here that they miss the playoffs or that mm-hmm. they just sneak in and get yeah, they re- miss the playoffs. No, they have to miss because I feel like if they sneak in, they'll they'll be able to justify it incorrectly, but they'll be able to justify it. I, I'm not. I wouldn't say it's 100 percent that he gets fired. I would say it's like 50 50 because I do think they still have a decent team and they do have a lot of cap space. And would you have believed that two or three years ago? Like it's amazing how far sometimes these GM stars can fall. Right? Because he exactly. I don't think anybody would have questioned him a couple seasons ago. But that's the thing. I don't think anybody would have questioned him a month ago even. Right. And but, that's 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 why this decision was so mind-boggling to me. I, I, I didn't get it. But you, I feel— You did not make your team a cup contender, so no. what were you trying to accomplish here? And again, you're, you're letting an A-plus asset walk away for nothing. It makes no sense. It is poor asset management, which is a critical component of being a GM in this league. Don't you think he got some sort of assurances from ownership or he talked to them and said, look, even if this goes horribly, I can make up for it in the offseason? How does he know he can make up? Who's who's he signing? Who's coming to Columbus? Yeah. Artemi Panarin doesn't want to sign in Columbus. Players don't want to play in Columbus. Sorry, it hurts. It's the truth about your city, but there's nothing attractive about playing in Columbus. Here, I'll find somebody while Jamie talks and makes well undoubtedly. You don't have weather. Point. You don't have a cool city, a great city, or great great fans. Let's face it. You've got that annoying cannon too. Maybe the players like that. Maybe they like the cannon. Look, look. What is it? What is it that you're using to lure players to Columbus, Ohio? This is one of those ones where I, again, I have no idea what if or if he got any assurances from ownership or anything like that. The reality is, is it's a complete misrepresentation of where they are on the progression timeline. Like that, that, that is where this all comes in. If if they were, if they're in the exact situation, but they have Washington's point total, or they had Boston's point total, and they've been playing at that level all year, you could say, you know what. This is our this is our chance. Maybe we go all in here. I'm not disputing it was a horrible decision. No, I know. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying in general. I'm no. just saying I, I I don't. No, please argue with. Yeah, me. you were looking at me. Well, yeah, because what am I supposed to do? Like look at the floor as I talk? I thought we had that agreement. Yes, look at the floor as you talk. Okay, so I have to talk like this. You don't have to sit like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> is that how they would sit? In, in well, yeah, a you chair? pulled your arms in and like sat up really straight. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> Are you done babbling? Because I have a list of look. Images. It's even if they get to the playoffs and they lose in the first round, it's a terrible decision. The thought, the process was completely flawed from the very beginning. And if they would have to have a miraculous result to make up for the fact that they just really screwed this up, there. Uh, here, here's some free agents they could go out and spend money on: uh, Matt Molson, mm. um, Cam Talbot, Ooh. Brock Nelson. Carl Hagelin. There's actually some good free agents near the top of this list. I didn't realize, like Eric Carlson, obviously, Jordan Everly, yeah. Joe Pavelski. Joe Pavelski's still a free agent. Um, Those players aren't going to Columbus, Ohio. No. Jeff Skinner? You don't think any of them would go? Jeff Skinner might. Skinner I don't know what, what the... Although his market's going to be pretty good. Yeah, it'll be very good because he can score goals and 
Carlson just played in Ottawa, though. I mean, does it is there really no, that much? He wanted Ottawa, he, Ottawa he badly. To. He's not. He's. Are you kidding me? He's no, not going to Columbus. Columbus. Jacob Trouba. I just feel like they could get Eric Carlson is going players. to Las Vegas. We know this. Huh. Boy, that team <laughs> team's going to be unstoppable. Like, you no, know, we know this. Carlson. This is happening. Um, there's. I'm just saying this is sort of off the topic of Columbus now, but there are better free agents out there than I realized. William Carlson, Tyler Myers, Jacob. Is William Truba. Carlson at UFA? Or an RFA. Oh, this has him listed as an RFA. Yeah, he should right. be an RFA. I really thought he's I sorted out anywhere. all the. Okay, Truba's an RFA too, but everybody yeah. else I've read is a UFA. Um, except Cody Cece, if I mentioned. And they are oh, not going to Columbus. Cody no, Cece would make them worse. That's the problem. That's the problem. How do you attract? How do you attract? What do you have to attract? Especially, you know, if you had those players under contract, like Artemi Panarin, that's how yes. you attract to a place like that. But you don't. You don't. And you don't have the weather. You don't have the cool city where guys want to live like Artemi Panarin, who wants to live in a big market. It's hard. It's harder being a GM in Columbus. I admit yeah. that. But, again. But you have you, to know that going in. Like, this is yes, not new information. Yes. So you mismanaged your situation. So you, and you're going to pay for it in the offseason. You're saying the way to get players there is to draft and develop them. Yeah, don't you give have up your to. Assets. That's start what to you win. have to do in a market like that. Um, let's go back to Montreal for a second. Max Domi has one point this month, and the Canadians are giving up a lot of goals per games. Yes. Is that all true? Like the Canadians have allowed 19 goals in their past four games. <laughs> eight to Anaheim. So if I That's I, like a two weeks' worth of scoring for the Ducks. Hey, Anaheim has played two good games in the last month. Oh, that's so. adorable. Uh are we are we saying Montreal is the team that misses? I still feel like they are the team that misses, but again, the Flyers are in this mm-hmm. mix too, so they could bump two teams, right? God, if Columbus and Montreal miss, you imagine? I could see Montreal missing. I, I, I've just not been yeah. impressed with Montreal, and and to be honest, again, and I've said this before, I don't think it's good for Montreal to make the playoffs. I don't think there's as much value for them. They're not in the same situation as the Coyotes are, for instance, where a playoff berth could be beneficial to the organization on a number of levels. Montreal's in rebuild mode here. Yeah. And but I, mean, I think unless this... they fall completely off. I mean, they're going to have the a teen picking the teens at this point. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Columbus is more talented right now. So you think there's value to the Canadians making the playoffs and getting bounced in the first round? I don't know if there's value there, but I'm not sure there's that much more value finishing one spot out. Like that that's that's the problem at this point. Like if if they fall off and they drop below Philly and Florida and somebody like then mm-hmm. I think there's some more value there where you're yeah. like we're picking the top 10. But the difference between picking 13th and picking 17th, I really think there's a incrementally Negligible. small difference that you know about now. Maybe somebody drops that you could get at 13 and you didn't get at 17, but yeah. I, I think there's a yeah, small that's difference. Probably true. It's not top as pronounced 10. as the Coyotes. Which there's a lot of things. There's financial implications there. There's mm-hmm. how long since the fan base has seen a playoff. I mean, there are a lot of other things that factor in there. But at this point in the season, where Montreal's not—I mean, they're not going to finish in the middle of the teams that don't make the playoffs in the East at this point. One of the things I really like about the East this year is there's so much pressure on so many teams. And Craig sort of outlined it with. I mean, Toronto always has the pressure. Tampa Bay has pressure of being historically good. Uh, Pittsburgh has pressure of they always should at least get to the second round in the, in Crosby and Malkin's prime. Otherwise, it's a wasted season. Columbus has pressure because they went all in on this year. Montreal has pressure because they started well. Well, because they're, they're in Montreal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're in Montreal, and I forgot to turn that off. That means Sorry. I made a good point. So, <laughs> but wait, I'm not done making Luke. my point. Doesn't that mean like Washington, who won the Cup last year, has maybe the fifth or sixth most pressure in the Eastern Conference? Yeah. That's weird. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to get back to Montreal for a second, just to, on Jamie's point. What is the better scenario then if Montreal just misses the playoff? Like if they're the first team out yeah. or they just make the playoffs and lose in the first round? Does it even matter? Have they just put themselves in a terrible situation either way? 
with what they've done this season. I think it's the least ideal. Like going into the season, you're hoping for like top seven pick, then make the playoffs, then just miss the playoffs. Like yeah. I think there's a very incremental difference between. I mean, again, you at, at that point when you're probably only one or two picks difference, you probably rather make the playoffs, and even if yeah. you lose in five or six games. But ideally, you're picking in the top seven or eight. But that's not going to happen now. I mean, I guess it could because of the you know teams move up from fourteen to go to one now because that's how the lottery works. That bell was because another angel got its wings. Oh, I just wow. want to let people know. Oh, that's mm. okay. I didn't know you had that feature on your laptop. That's huge. Uh, I, I think that there is. I mean, if we're using the Coyotes Canadians comparison, there is good alliteration. Yeah, thank you. I was, I was caught up in my own alliteration there. Uh, there's there's a benefit. Even let's say they both missed the playoffs by one point. There is a benefit for what the Coyotes have done with the young team getting this far. It's been a great story. I think even nationally, people are picking up on it now as being a really cool story. And with all the injuries, they benefited from this. Whereas Montreal, I don't know what they ultimately get out of it if they just miss the playoffs. I also think Montreal fans, compared to other fans in Canada, are a little more realistic about their team. Maybe that's just my outside perception. Whereas like, I, think I think you just don't speak French. That but I, That's not true. I know some words. Okay. Um, Examples? You can get away with saying that. In the croissant? Night. <laughs> Baguette. Uh, I took French for a few years. I feel like, like Oilers fans. I think they thought they were going to win the cup before the season started. Montreal fans. I'm just going to look past Jamie's looks of disappointment. What, what? Why are you disappointed, Jamie? Just that you. Just, just you, me. You are why I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel like a winner. Um, how about that Carolina Islanders series that we're all pining for, mm-hmm. yearning? Mm-hmm. That's a series everybody's going to hate, but it's actually going to be pretty fun. It probably will be. It's going to be entertaining. Be you have a t- yeah. team that possesses the puck constantly versus the team that saves everything. Carolina wins that series. Maybe. In six. Maybe seven. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. as confident. Like, I know everybody in this room hates the Islanders, but I, th- I think goaltending could be the great equalizer, and they've had hot goaltending for the entire year now. Barry Trotz is a really good coach. I just think like if you're going to. Carolina's an inexperienced team with a lot of guys that are, are skilled, but they run around a lot. They throw a lot of shots on net, though. Everything's going to be going toward yeah. the net. That would be a fun series. It will be a fun series. It's a clash actually. of styles. I think, I think that'll be an entertaining series. I'd like to watch that series, and I have no idea what's happening in it, which is also cool. Yeah. It'll be the one that is talked about the least in the first round, yeah. but it'll be like the second most entertaining series behind Boston-Toronto. Yeah. It'll be much better than Minnesota sucking the life out of much whatever Boston team they play. sweep Toronto. That would be entertaining. (laughs) Literally be wailing in the streets of Toronto. Ringing of the hands. How far does Toronto have to go? (laughs) No, they'll burn Vancouver down. (laughs) How far does Toronto have to go in the playoffs for their fan base to not lose their minds? Canucks fans will help. Okay. Yeah, why not? To not lose their minds? Yes. Win the cup. (laughs) At least get to the cup. Realistically, it should be like they're they're not a better team than Tampa, no, and that you the, you realistically can't make an argument that they should beat Tampa. Can't get to the conference final though. In this, yeah. in this setup, like, you can't. Which, as we've talked about, also Leafs fans and media are finally clued in on the playoff setup is not a good setup because now it impacts, impacts them. them. Yeah, yes, which means it'll change in the next two years. Which in an which, odd by way, the way, which is good. It, it is does. good. Like yeah, I, I, hate I don't it I don't care if it's changed because it's to, to appease Toronto. It just needs to be changed. It's ridiculous if that's why it changes after it's negatively impacted all these different teams. But Although I wonder what they would change it to. Do you go back to? Do you add I, more divisions again, I just or want do to you see do one versus eight? If I don't think they're going to do the division, or do no divisions. The NHL just takes the path of least resistance. They're not even going to consider radical realignment to make the league actually yeah. more logical. Why would they do that? Because in that format, they would play that's Carolina. Just, that just requires too much work and thought. So, mm. 
Well, what, if, if only ahead. somebody would have put together a realignment know, right? plan. Yeah, somebody. Somebody somewhere. Mm. Yeah. Didn't mm. they used to – this wasn't that long ago, wasn't it? The division winners got the first and second seeds. First three first seeds. First three seeds, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then after that, you just go three through eight. So either this year – so maybe they do either one through eight period or they do you, division winners get the top two. Or, I know some people are calling like one through 16. No, you can't do that because of travel. That's that's not realistic. Yeah, it's, it's not fun, a smart setup but, for the playoffs. Yeah, it's fun but terrible for the players. Oh, it just kills the players. It's such and a the media. Grind. You can't do that. Yeah, well, poor Craig. Nobody thinks about us. What about Toronto gets to pick their opponent? Then, then do we know that they that would probably there probably be one market on board with that? It's funny. There, there's somebody that's we'll that take Ottawa. I'll pick your poison playoff picture. Oh, I love that. Okay, love so that. if if it were one through eight, here are the, here are your playoff matchups in the East: Tampa versus Columbus. Oh, well. We're all taking Tampa, or you know, if it's Montreal or whatever. Boston versus Pittsburgh, Ugh. fun series. <laughs> that is Boston an interesting series. Toronto, Carolina. That would be a fun series. It would Goals end quickly, galore. but it would be fun when Carolina celebrated a win and everybody in Toronto went crazy. Yes, it would be great for that reason alone. And then Washington and the Islanders. Well, there's always got to be that fourth series. In the West, San Jose, Minnesota. <sighs> Live on CNBC Friday night. <laughs> Might be on C-SPAN, actually. <laughs> Calgary, Dallas. Okay. Live on CNBC on Friday night. <laughs> That's the late game. Winnipeg, St. Louis. Interesting. Well, those are some big markets. And then Nashville, Vegas. Oh, my God. Nashville, Vegas. Party. That's the party wow. series. That's the one you, you <laughs> asked to cover. cover that series. How about if that first series you mentioned was San Jose, Arizona, or San Jose, Colorado, or San Jose, Chicago? San Jose, anybody that Else. isn't Minnesota. Yes. That's um, what we're all voting for. What's the I, acronym for that? San Jose, any, anybody but Minnesota. <laughs> ABM. ABM. I think... Uh, what they would actually do, though, is go the two division winners and we then three top, through eight. Yeah. And so then what that would be was Maple Leafs Islanders in the yeah. first round. So you can see why Maple Leafs fans are suddenly not very yeah. happy. But they also could easily beat Boston. Are we are we in agreement that the three best teams in the NHL are all in the Atlantic? No. Me either. So I guess we're really not in agreement I'd say three of the four or five best teams are in there. Winnipeg and San Jose. San Jose definitely is in the top three. I just don't. Yeah. I, I three, don't know okay. where. I don't know where to put Winnipeg right now in relation to Toronto. I yeah. think it goes Tampa, Toronto, San Jose, Boston, Winnipeg. I don't know what to think of the Bruins. I They're think so too. But so like, well, why are the Bruins playing this well? They are just. A They're a really better team than we gave them credit for. Yes, I, think I, I think just on on paper. I think we just got so enamored with the high end. Not that Boston doesn't have high end players, but there's so many high end players on Tampa and Toronto. But. I mean, Boston's probably a better constructed team today than Toronto is. Yeah, but they don't have the talent but level. They don't have this, the tippy-top talent level. The tippy-top talent. Tippy-top tippy talent. That's alliteration. But, I mean, from lines two through four? I listened to an hour of Maple Leafs media freaking out about their fourth line the other day, and I just couldn't turn it off. Just <laughs> over-scrutinizing their fourth line and losing their minds about how how Boston's fourth line is better than... I mean, this this series, it's perfect that Toronto's in the series that we've already known is going to happen for two months because they've, they've basically been doing a two-month pregame show for game one of that series. But I still think Toronto wins. You think they beat the Bruins? But you know what? Well, because it's what I said before. I don't want to pick that right now. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> freaking out when Montreal was on their heels. Yeah. That's over now, obviously. It's a 10-point lead. 
But how many times have we seen this where, like, Washington had to go through Pittsburgh to finally make their run? The Cubs had to go through it was the Cardinals, right? And they were way down. The Red Sox had to go through the Yankees. Don't use the Cubs as an example. But I'm just saying, like, these teams. once in the past century. Yeah, but they're, they're, just, they're <laughs> legally obligated to because of the playoff picture. Yeah, but I'm There's just, nothing, like, poetic about it. They literally they have to. But ultimately, when these teams that haven't won forever with these tortured I fan know, bases win, it. they go through their, their rival or somebody they've had a hard time with for a long time. Um, but it would be great if Boston won. It would just be all sorts of entertaining. I want to get to some of these listener questions. Actually, let's get to Buffalo real fast because they <laughs> are still in the league, kind of. Yeah, they're done. They're just, is this just their fate? They're never going to make the playoffs again? I, now, uh, my question was, are they Edmonton East? Yeah. They've had all those draft picks, talent. too, and they they can't do anything. They just can't do anything with it. And they have the third best center of, of Edmonton East. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, I don't I mean, they've had... Multiple number two, number three, and now even a number one pick. And now they're tied with the Rangers in the standings. I don't know what you do there. I don't either. I don't. I, I, yeah. This is a team for years that had a talent level that said they should be a wild card contender, and then mm-hmm. they just haven't. And they got off to the start they got off to. Yeah, and now they just... Think about how badly they have played since that start. That feels like that was two seasons ago. It does, mm-hmm. right? It feels, like, it feels like Buffalo's been irrelevant for two months now. Yeah. And then also, like, five years before that, too. And Jack Eichel suspended? Yeah, what did you think of that hit? I didn't I didn't think he was targeting that. Maybe I saw a weird angle. where I stand on this. I do I know on the side of caution. Always on the side of caution. That's how I approach this. I, I don't have a problem with him getting suspended. I'm not even sure he does at this point. I mean, he wasn't happy about it. But it's not like it impacts the playoff picture. I just... Uh, Probably like the money. Yeah, that's he probably would like his money. Uh, I just I I've seen worse. How's that? I've it, it didn't feel like he was coming across the ice and launching into the, the who did he hit? I don't remember the player he hit. Um, he hit Soderberg, Carl Soderberg. It it felt like I don't know. It's it's fine. I just I didn't think it was that bad of a hit. So Buffalo, by the way, in mid December, twenty nine and five. That was their record. Twenty nine and five. It's pretty good. Since then, 10, 20, and 4. Not not as good. Not as good. Uh, One thing I would like to check this year, uh, what was the Elliott Friedman, what's the thing that November 30th, what was the cutoff date for playoff picture? Because I feel like there are a lot of teams that were not not in the picture, like St. Louis, like maybe even Arizona, uh, that I think there's going to be Carolina. Yeah. I I think there could be a decent number of teams that make it into the playoffs this year that were not above the cutoff line at whatever that predetermined date was. Keep talking, Jamie, and I'll look it up. Well, I don't know if Jamie needs to keep talking, no, but you I should can. look it up. I, I will throw this out there with Buffalo. They obviously had the number one pick this year with Rasmus Dahlin, and maybe it's too early to expect him to drag them into the playoffs. But it's they, tough for a defenseman to do that, though. Yeah. Like, I feel like defenseman steadies you more than they drag you into... But... They had the number two pick in 2015 with Eichel, which is basically a number one pick. That yeah. that one weird year where there was essentially yeah. two number one picks. And then they had the number two pick the year before with Sam Reinhardt. I mean, what is that now? Three of the last five drafts they've picked one or two. Yeah. And they're still They took Ristolainen pretty high, too. Yeah. Like that was a top ten pick. Oh, they've had a ton of top ten picks. I mean, Alex Nylander, Casey Middlestad. Oh, God, yeah, Alex Nylander. Yeah, Casey Middlestad hasn't given them much this year at all. No, but I mean, he was also—that was only 2017— 
they've had a ton of top 10 picks recently. Yeah, you're right. Ristolainen, too, in 2013. They've, they've had a lot of these. Mikhail Gregorenko was 12th overall mm, in 2012. Yeah, the, the Gergensons and Gregorenko guys, uh, the, 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 the killer Gs. Zengis Gergensons. The Grig and Gerg strategy. The Grig and Gerg. All I think they're both, are they both in the KHL now? Uh, Gergensons isn't in the KHL, is he? Don't make me go to Buffalo's page. You know how I feel about doing that. How do we end well up talking be. about Buffalo? You brought it up. Isn't Craig looking something up? And that's yeah, why I we're am. stalling. I am, but the internet is so horrible here that it's taking me a while. <laughs> it's always the internet's fault. All right. Oh, I'm here we are. Okay. Here are your playoff teams as of December 1st. Tampa Bay, Toronto. Okay. Actually, i got to go by conference, don't I? Damn it. Did I just say that on the Gergensen's has played 61 games this year, Jamie. Yeah. Apologize. In, in the, the National Hockey League? Yes. Yep, here we go. Like this, the, the league we watch? Well... Yes. I don't really? know if Buffalo you watch, but yes. Tampa Bay, Toronto, Buffalo, Boston, Washington, Columbus, the Islanders, and Montreal. Okay, so possibly three of those teams are out. Possibly. Columbus, Carolina, and Buffalo. Well, Buffalo's definitely out, and then Buffalo's it's possible out. one or both of Montreal, In the West. Columbus. So let's say, let's say wow. two, two of those are out. Okay. okay. In the West, Nashville, Colorado. Ooh. Colorado had the second most points in the Western Conference on December 1st. Yeah. Winnipeg. Dallas, Minnesota was in, yeah. and then Calgary, Anaheim, and San Jose. Anaheim, so two. So that that's Anaheim, thirty-one points. We're so looking about, at so, four teams. So we're looking at about so only about seventy-five percent of those teams making the playoffs. Yep. What, what was the number that's usually talked about? Friedman. I don't yeah. remember the number. It was. I feel it was, it was it more was crazy. Than, it yeah. was crazy high. It has. It's been a very. It's been an entertaining season. Unusual season. And yeah. I'm. I'm hoping. I'm hoping the playoffs aren't going to be a disappointment. I don't really think they're going to be because we're going in, and I know we all think Tampa's going to win, but they have a potentially tough path in the second and third rounds. I mean, this Very is pretty wide path. open. Yeah, even yeah, I, yeah. Beyond the the, the wild card team that they're going to play, their their path is really tough because the Caps Caps are playing well again, and I think the Caps are probably going to get to the conference final with the path they have. Yeah. So I mean, they could feasibly play. They could have a real nice path. They mm-hmm. could feasibly play like the Islanders and Hurricanes in the first two rounds. It's not impossible for Carolina or the Islanders to get caught by Pittsburgh. This could be this could be a, a quietly easy path for uh, Washington. A lot easier than it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to get to some of these listener questions. Okay, hold on. All right, so it's actually November 1st benchmark. Oh. Teams four points or more out of the playoffs. But there's a Thanksgiving one, too. Yeah. November 1st. Okay. November, November 1st. 1st. That's even earlier. November 1st and four points of a playoff spot. So yeah, i got to go back and do this again, you're telling me? Yes. While you guys are doing that, let me just throw well, out that Ottawa, Ottawa has been officially eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, no, mathematically, not yes, true. They, I've eliminated from the playoffs in July of 2015. They uh, no, they've been okay in that period. No, they had November less than 1st? half as many November points. November first, Tampa, Tampa has already within four points Ottawa. of a playoff spot. Lord. Within four points of a playoff spot, Ottawa could literally play 164 games and not catch. Do so you want me to tell you what? As of November, how many players? Were, uh, how many teams that we think might make the playoffs now that we're more than four points back of a playoff spot? Nobody's listening. Four to points me. back on November first. We're only a month in. Everyone was in the four points of a playoff. <laughs> that's, maybe that's why. That's, that's what the Friedman method is. That's a, that's a, nobody ever questioned him on that. Wait a minute, Elliot. Everyone's within four points. <laughs> no, not Ottawa. <laughs> True. Florida had seven points, so they were terrible. They were done. And LA had seven points. I've got some questions. They're also you, terrible. You guys do geometry. And they hate their coach. Play with blocks. Wait, who, who hates their coach? I miss the that. Kings. Oh. Uh, Coach East Jack, what's the secret to Craig's dazzling scrum lurking? He's the best. 
Oh, that's a great. That was a great video. I don't want to bring this up. <laughs> oh yeah, because do. I don't like those scrum lurking videos. Because to me, it's cheap thrills, cheap laps from a bunch of guys who have no idea how a scrum is con- constructed. Who don't have to. So scrum a scrum work. is 180 plus degrees of media. Do you know who gets the center, the straight on view, the cameras? There's a reason because they need that view for their shots. So the Digital reporters are kind enough to stand off to the side while the the guys doing the actual questions for the cameramen also stand Mm -hmm. near the front. We do it as a courtesy. That's why we're always there. I will say this from being in the NFL scrums during the season. It is you have to stand in the most awkward position. Yeah. You are like you're like Ottawa's goalie, just getting twisted in all these different ways. And you have to hold your arm up. And I know you're sitting there thinking, well, that, that sounds really tough. You're standing there listening to. Somebody give a five-minute answer. It is sort of an awkward position to yeah, be standing in. You can just rest your arm on someone's shoulder. Yeah. Probably I, not good, though. That's, 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 see, but I don't, I don't like the lurking yeah, thing uh, either because lurkers when like I'm in these scrums, I can tell you I'm one of the few people asking questions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, l- I'm not lurkers, lurking. I'm working. Yeah. Oh, love that, t- that T-shirt opportunity there. Would you spell it W-U-R-K-I-N-G? I would, yeah. yeah. Just, it would work. Yeah, lurking is weird. It's a weird, weird way to put that because that's where most again. If you've, you've watched get out scrum, of your studio and actually come and see what a scrum looks like. Oh boy, come do some work. Yeah, because you'll see if you watch these scrums for multiple teams. Typically, the it's almost like a level like the most prominent beat reporters are usually to the left, the immediate left and right of There's the coach, a and a then it, it like it's like a scale back of like the importance of the reporter, and then you get cameras in the middle. Because well, Craig's right. The camera guys will just knock you out of the way if you're in the way. I've Not literally had you. that happen to. No, me. they will yeah. literally hit you with their cameras. Yeah. Not naming names, Joe Paquino. <laughs> <laughs> but even if they don't, they'll either. Pull off the, oh, I didn't realize I hit you in the head. Or oh, they don't care. Or they just don't care. Because they have earpieces in so they can pretend like they don't hear Everyone realized he hit me in the head on that occasion. Well, <laughs> Even Darnell Dockett realized it. <laughs> he stopped his interview. Um, but the reason that you'll see the main reporters or whatever directly to the left or right is because that's the best angle to then get. You don't want to yes. be in that, that like 45 degree angle range because that's where all the amateurs just clump up. And you also don't want to be like, you don't, when you're holding up a recorder, you don't want. So you don't want your hand to be in the middle of the TV shot, yeah? Because then they'll yell at you. That is your best revenge, though. For yeah, somebody that's the other thing. Yeah. You got to stay out of the way of the yes. cameras, and you're you're doing them a courtesy. So that's where you have to stand in these scrums. Yeah. Lurk is actually the word but, they're using. Yeah, now. lurk. So we have to lurk. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, we it, we don't know. It could have been. Kemper has already taken the starting goalie workload throughout the season. If the Yotes make the playoffs, can he also take on playoff pressure? Well, we don't know, but he will be granted that opportunity because, as we discussed earlier, even if Antti Ranta's ready, you can't throw him in for game one of the playoffs. You have to ride the guy that got you there. Jamie, anything important to add? That's spot on. Shocking. (laughs) Seth, how do you change the culture of athletics and using slurs, see Morgan Riley and Andrew Shaw from last year? Education. And how long do you think it takes to implement genuine change, not just don't say your thoughts out loud that inevitably happens? It's it's tough to answer, but like anything else, when we talk about let's say hits in the game and, and fights, it all starts a lot lower than the NHL level. Mm-hmm. It doesn't start at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that has played it starts at home, Jamie. It does, but anyone that's played athletics on any level, at least my era or sooner, you've heard these words being used on basketball court, whether or football field, whatever. These these words are thrown around, and words worse than that. Uh, Fairly frequently, and I mean, there was a there's a game where you I will not say it on the air, but there's a game where you have a football, and your the whole mission is to tackle the person with the football, 
And if you remember what the name of that game, it's Smear the Something. Hmm. Uh, and so not so, just football. You have to. I think as a society now, we are more cognizant of what these words mean than the impact that they have on on people and the negative impact that they have. But again, it all starts with, as Craig said, education of teaching kids at a younger age before this becomes ingrained in their lexicon of this is not something that you say. It's not acceptable. And here's why. Here's the why. Here, here are the victims of this ignorance. And here's what it means to them. You and, may think it's a harmless word, or you, but right. here's what it means to the person that on the other side hearing those words. Or yes. not even the person that you're calling the name. I mean, Just a person that hears it. At the yeah. NHL level, yeah. I mean, as we're recording this, the assumption is that it was Morgan Riley that said that in the Toronto-Tampa Bay game. Regardless of whoever it was, that is uh, – people can hear it that we're watching the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would say it even goes deeper than legislating hits out of the game because – to me, like a hit to the head, a specific hits, bad hits. A hit to the head in hockey is something that you take out when you're playing hockey. Whereas this stuff almost needs to be a full social change, it, whether you play hockey or not. Sure, you know what I mean it just needs to not be. But the NHL could it. lead the way, couldn't it? They can to a certain. What extent. could they do? If 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 a player is caught saying something like that, is it a penalty or is it worse? Well, it should be suspension. It was I think suspension so too. for Andrew yeah. Shaw in the playoffs. It should be a suspension. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I would hope on some level. It's a pretty embarrassing suspension. It's yeah. one thing to get suspended for what Jack Eichel did, where you could certainly argue he was just trying to make a play. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's an accident. You don't accidentally say what was said in that no, Toronto let's game. Let's lay it bare. Suspend him and tell people why. Yeah. Well, yeah. that'll so, happen, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to correct behavior. Um, but I do think it, it goes beyond just sports. I mean, Sure, it, it does. Oh, it, abso- it, goes- it absolutely does. It, all, it always does. Sports is just a microcosm of the real world. It's But... The reality is, is you, I can't expect the NHL to impact change worldwide. I can expect them to impact change that affects their league. No, I'm saying like worldwide change would help at the level of sports. The only reason I'm saying this is because I think we've seen it. I mean, we've seen other words or actions towards whatever sort of group really go down over the last, let's say, 30 years or whatever. So, And I think that's not mm, just from sports. Maybe, maybe a little bit of spike in the last few years, I don't know, maybe since the last election cycle. Nonlinear progression. We've seen a resurgence, hmm. an emboldened well, base. That's a different podcast. Moving on. Uh, let's see. Alex, if the Coyotes fail to make the playoffs, but their pick isn't a lottery pick, should they move it like the number seven they gave to New York? It could bring back immediate help. And what should they look for in return? So I, I'm assuming he means a, a top three pick. Yeah. Because technically, they would, it's always a lottery pick if yeah. you're not in the playoffs. It just doesn't feel like that for the Coyotes because you have no chance of actually winning the lottery. Um, no, you know, they should maybe try from like the 13th spot. Never know. Yeah. Sometimes. That, yeah. might, that might be the key. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not in fair. Jamie's just giving up. <laughs> I just, I'm not... <laughs> What's coming back? It, it I mean, depends. There's too many questions there. I, I don't know. What, what, what's coming back? I, I don't have an issue trading a first-round pick for a more proven prospect. Right. Yeah. That's somebody that you have seen play professional hockey for a couple of years and have a better read on than some of an 18-year-old that might be playing overseas that you've only been able to scout three or four or five, six times. But it depends. Like, it just... That's that's part Who's of the giving that up? deal, then, yeah. right? Why, yeah. why would they be giving that player yeah. up at that point if that player's ready to make the NHL jump? They're not. Yeah. So the only way they they might be is if they are overloaded at one particular position, and I can't think of a player possibly, off the top of my head. But usually they want to then trade it for a player that's at a position that they're deficient at. But they feel like they could maybe draft that player at, at their tenth pick or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, 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 don't. I mean, to me, yeah. If it's part of a bigger deal, maybe. But I, I just that that's part of the problem. If these deals don't usually come together like that, like that's not how these GMs think. 
I'm just trying to think of a player that is a prospect that's still young that a team is is willing to move on from. And the only name that pops in my head is Pugliarvi, and I wouldn't give up the tenth pick for him. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that, that that's where the the trouble comes in. Because somebody like, like, it's like that, Buffalo's not giving up on like Casey Middlestat for a first round pick. I mean Alex Nylander, maybe. You're not trading a first round pick for Alex. Would Nylander. you? Let's say the Coyotes ended up with the tenth pick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would you put that in some sort of deal for Willie Nylander if Toronto had to get out from under that contract? Sure. Yeah, I'd but that's something that. I would do. I'd consider that. Yeah. I would. I would definitely do that. I'd rather have Willie Nylander than oh, yeah. any and of these picks. You're in the other situation the with, as the Coyotes, where you have well, Toronto probably wants more immediate help on the blue line, but. You have Alex that's the one thing they've drafted. <laughs> that's one thing they've drafted the heck out of the last couple of years. They have a lot of defensive prospects. I don't know if Toronto wants prospects or if they want immediate help though. Well, that's, that's Pierre Olivier Joseph in the thirteenth pick for William Nylander, or again maybe that that that's where the, the proverbial three team trade comes in. Mm-hmm. They, maybe they, they immediately flip that first round top ten pick that you're getting to a team that has an abundance of defensemen, and they say, okay, just don't let David Poyle in your three team trade, or right. he will win right. and he will embarrass you. Uh, just, it, it, long story short, it's harder to execute those kind of deals because it's really tough to make it make sense for both teams involved. And Chiarelli's no longer in the league. Yet. I think he comes back at some point. Oh, Can't wait. Let's see. Uh, ben Schroyer, ultimate troll by the natural hat trick. I'm sorry, by the natty hattie. By simulating Craig Morgan walking a country mile away from the microphone to finish the listener questions portion of the podcast. Hey, your mic's still on this week. It really wasn't a simulation, Ben. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it was all Luke. Uh, Nag Yotes fan. Season awards MVP. Natty Hattie season awards mm. MVP. Luke Lipinski. Do you want me to read the rest of them? These aren't mm. questions, Luke. Well, these are comments, too. Most underrated, Craig Morgan. I'd agree with that. Most overrated, Jamie Eisner. Definitely. Breakout star, Matt Lehman. Who can you read that's, that's the most ridiculous of can the Can you read group. some of the replies to that tweet? Uh, I didn't. I didn't oh, of course not. Yeah. You can pull it up. Okay. Quick and I can talk while you pull that up. Well, I want you guys pull it up because I already have this find sheet. Find it pretty quickly. Yeah, actually. I don't, I don't know. Best table setting and chair filler, Napkin Jamie. That's from that's Chris. That's true. I mean, that, that's a shoe win. I miss Napkin. That's the Patrice Jamie. Bergeron Selkie Award right we, there. We should have brought Napkin Jamie in for this week to replace Matt, but we didn't. Uh, loyal Sif. I don't know how to tweet questions to the Natty Hattie, but now he does. I, I explained this to him. Uh, you guys talk about taking on Lucic for a return. What about taking on Lucic for Yamamoto? I doubt the Oilers would trade Nuge just to get rid of Lucic. Um, Thanks. I know nobody this is from a couple weeks ago. Nobody's taking Milan Lucic at the price of Kylo Yamamoto. What would it take to take on Milan Lucic? Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or okay. multiple first round picks. Nuge wouldn't do it. No. I love I love Nuge, but no, not with that contract. Because now you're trying to add twelve, almost thirteen million dollars in salary, mm-hmm. and that's the thing you have to point out too. When when teams like the Coyotes have taken on like Marion Hosa's deal or Pavel Datsuk, they're not really paying that. They're not money. paying any money, and they're putting them on a long term IR. Of it, yeah. Like it's you're just taking up space on your cap friendly page, and you're never going to be a cap team anyway. So it's not an issue for you. You can acquire players along with that cap hit, and it makes sense. It's again, it's. It's using whatever assets you have at your disposal. Some teams, like the Toronto Maple Leafs, can give players massive signing bonuses. That's their advantage from being in a big market. The Coyotes don't have a lot of advantages, but cap space is one of them, so why not use it? It's worked as long well as it's there, too. Would they get for Hosa, Jordan Osterley, and uh, Vinny Hinshrosa? For basically for nothing. Yeah. Um, but the thing to the thing finish is, that again, pot, though, people knew that they could put Hosa on a, a long-term IR and then basically not have any money that they had to pay. Yeah, like Lucic, that, you, Lucic have you have to pay, to pay right. and to deal with the full cap it. 
It, it would have to be multiple first-round picks, I think, they're, if you were not to move a player off the roster. They're not getting rid of Lucic. I don't know how they do it. No, and, and honestly, they out. shouldn't trade multiple first-round picks to do it either, I think, because that, that would just set them back almost as much. Well, and this year, that first-round pick will be Jack Hughes. So that, that's if we can see Jack Hughes, that pick get traded multiple <laughs> times. Um, Coyote Steve is the last one. Okay, You guys ready for Coyote Steve? By the way, if somebody said the most wrong about Donut Holes Award was you. Oh, yeah. No, I just glossed over that one. I didn't say that one. Um, Coyote Steve says, who fits the Coyote system better? Because we, we talked about this last week, so I'm, I'm guessing this is in reference to this. Michael Grabner or JVR? And then uh, second question after that. If the Rangers ate a portion of Kevin Shatton... still? Yeah. Kirk. Okay. Contra- well, who fits the Coyote system between Michael Grabner and JVR first? Because the whole... The- they're, they're ve- I mean, they're, I know Craig made the comment, or you made the comment that you'd rather have Grabner than JVR. For the Coyotes, specifically. I'm not sure I would go that far, but... They're vastly different players. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still, again, contend the hardest thing to do in hockey is score a goal. And I think when you get a goal score like that... Now, you could say relative to their contract values. That, that's what I meant. Seven I million for JVR quickly. versus, what was it, three, one, two, five or whatever for, yeah, for Grabner? Grabner was a huge value. I would say... I would still say JVR as good as Grabner is because I think JVR's... The repeatability of what we think JVR can produce, I think, is a higher level than Grabner. I don't think we're going to see this level of shorthanded success for multiple years. I Probably feel like this not. is an, I do an think anomaly. He's the best penalty killer in the league, but I agree with JVR that. has 20 goals this season in 53 games. He's hurt, so he still he just produces, he consistently produces. Yeah, the 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 point I was trying to make was just that again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, the Coyotes have to find ways to separate themselves from other teams and their biggest asset in that regard is being extremely dangerous on the penalty kill and that's why Grabner yes but the reason they have to do that is because they can't score at a high level well that's true like that's why Grabner was the consolation prize which again it's a hell of a consolation prize and Grabner's a great player and ideally you have both on your team but the reality was there's a reason why Grabner was the consolation prize Uh, this is the second part of his question that has nothing to do with the first part if the Rangers ate a portion of Kevin Shattenkirk's contract would there be any interest from Chaika to augment our right defense or is there anything left in that tank anymore I don't know how much is left. Um, he dropped off a cliff. He's, yes. I mean, he's in the league. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's much there. How many more years left on that deal? I'm gonna look. I like it when Jamie asks questions and then answers them himself. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to adding Kevin Shattenkirk, but not for very much. So he's got two more years at six six five. They ate half of it. Yeah, I talk, I mean, but that's, that's a right-handed defenseman. I, for three three to put him on your second pairing, maybe like that's not terrible. But I don't know what you're not really giving up much for that at that point. The what thing does is, he have left? The thing is too. I mean, he was really good in St. Louis not that long ago. You do wonder if maybe he just landed in a spot that isn't working for him. Not that he's the same player he was when he was on St. Louis, but that was that really was only like two years ago. Maybe maybe a change of scenery gets him closer to the player he used to be. It's not like he's fifty. No, he's only thirty. He's, but he's thirty years old. He's, he is playing in yeah. New York, which is a tough place right now. But I mean, he wanted to. But true. All right. Anything else before we wrap this up? I got nothing. That was nope. a remarkably fast show. No, actually, it really wasn't. We're at an hour and fifteen. Mm. Okay. And when I add all the drops in, we'll be at an hour fifteen. Yeah. All the drops. All right for uh, for Jamie Eisner. Jamie you did very good today. Thank you. That's a great point, Luke. Thank you for Craig Morgan. I'll be in Florida next week. Life is tough. Uh, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. Do you remember to hide Matt's body?